Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. Make sure you're following or subscribed on your favorite podcast app. And leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We've got a big show today. A special guest is joining us. We're going to get right to him. It's Mike Donahue, the Hawks Director of Amateur Scouting. Mike, welcome to the show. And I, we just got to say right off the bat, congratulations on landing the number one pick this year. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, it's the first lottery I've ever won in my life, so it's good. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's a good one to win. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's what they tell me. I said it's, <laughs> it's, it's really good. So tell us about uh, the experience uh, last Monday. You know, everyone's gathered together at the United Center in different parts of the building watching. And when you saw that card flip over, uh, what was your reaction? And what was the reaction of the people in the room with you? Well, we, we were kind of, like you said, we were in, in different groups. Um, hockey Ops as a whole was on one level. And then myself and the North American uh, amateur scouts were on, on another level. And our number one directive was, please try not to show any emotion, whether it's one or f- three or five, whatever it may be. So as we're, we're sitting there and the cards are going over and it's, there's no change from four to 16. And then all of a sudden the phone starts blowing up that we're picking one or two because of something that was said on the air. We didn't have access to that in the room we were in. Um, and then it, you know, it flips where we get the number one pick and I'm, I'm with Daryl May at the time, who is probably the longest tenured guy on the scouting staff with me. Uh, and he's in a different role right now. And we kind of just giggled and then we ran out of the room, um, to the hallway of the United center. And we just got out of the building cause we were going to a dinner that was prearranged for our scouting group and a uh, guy started joining us. And it was just like almost in awe, we're walking around the outside of the United Center looking for Ubers and just kind of like, did that really just happen? And it was just, and the buzz around the city just started right away. We also awesome. showed no emotion when it happened. We were very <laughs> calm. There was no celebrating at all. No one was running around screaming that not us. We're yeah, professionals. Would never do it. No, yeah, we, we were, we were like, just, I don't know. just nudging each other with elbows in the room. Like, Oh my God, this is happening. And then we just got right out of the room before anything happened (laughs) that's awesome yeah i mean uh, this whole 
year basically year plus has kind of come down to you know that that moment of of trying to you know get the best odds at landing the top overall pick and you know this to do it in a draft class like like this uh when, when you look at it you know are you looking at or when you when you scout these players are you seeing what a lot of people are saying that you know this year there are some first round caliber players that'll fall to the second round yeah there's you know it, it's a very deep draft for forwards um and it's you know year to year players drop anyways for whatever reason it may be whether it's they don't make meet a particular trait of a team um positionally um, people move picks around so year to year there's all there's always movement but i i think just the depth of the draft this year with how many good forwards there are and that doesn't mean like i say good forwards that doesn't mean they're all going to be first line second line players you know point getters uh, there's a lot of good forwards in a variety of roles that it's just natural it's gonna it'll go deep into the second round with those those players you know this last year was such a bizarre year because as you're driving to the arena in montreal you guys had no picks and now all of a sudden boom three first round picks and i know all your research is done your draft boards are done so you just slide in the guys and whatnot but how different is it going to be this year that you a you've got the very first pick kind of know where we're going in that direction but you have your spots already and and how does that change the actual draft day at the table uh while all the chaos is going on well, you're able to start the planning process a lot earlier. Like I, if you if you go back to last year, so I lived just south of Boston here in North Attleboro, Mass. So I drove up to Montreal through New Hampshire and Vermont right into Montreal. It's just easier. Um, so you you know you're thinking the whole way on the on the seven weeks leading up to it and who might be available in slots. And I I think one of the things you know our our job as a scouting staff is that we need to know players one to two hundred and twenty four, regardless of of where we pick. It just, if we can know those players and, and have our order and, and groupings of players on where they might go, then it just, it, it makes the actual draft go a little bit easier because you just, you know where the, you have to get to get the guys you want. And so this year we were able to do it even before, you know, the, the lottery and even before the finalization of the Tampa pick is because we knew we had two first rounders uh, we knew one was probably going to be in the lottery, whether that was one, two, three, four, or five. So you could really, when you're dealing with your sc scouts, you could you could focus on those high-end players throughout the world. So the planning process started a lot. It, it started, you know, in in July of last year, right after this this the 2022 draft, that we could start um, focusing on certain players in certain spots in the draft. Mike, we've heard the term generational thrown around a lot uh, over the last few years, over the last few drafts, from sport to sport. How many truly generational players are in this draft? Because it has been hyped as super top-heavy, lots of great players, but how many would you mark as generational in this draft? Um, I would say probably two. Um, the in uh, the Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli are generational players. Um the other guys in, under consideration are really good pieces. Um, still yet to be determined how high their ceilings are going to be. But just based off of the past two years, 
the two guys at the top uh, have the ability to to be high end and franchise changing players. I've heard you talk about um, the traits you look for in players, and I know just based on Kyle Davidson's short tenure so far, there seems to be a really big emphasis on speed. Um, can you tell us, like, as you're you know checking the boxes on prospects, what are the things you look at, and, and what things do you prioritize? Well, yeah, I, I have talked a, a lot about traits, and, and that comes from you know Kyle and, and Norm McIver and the way they want to build out their team and speed competitiveness, hockey IQ, those, those are the main traits that we look at. And, and everybody will say, well, that's what the other 31 teams are looking at as well. Uh, but every team is built differently, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, size, um, physicality, uh, on how, how you want to play the game. You know, Norm was very instrumental when he left the Blackhawks before he was part of Seattle in that expansion draft. Um, and the way they wanted to build that team that we just witnessed – you know, they're very fast. Uh, they're very direct down the middle. They're very competitive, and, and they have smart hockey players. So he, he brought that over with him, and him and Kyle have had a relationship for a lot of years, and that's how they want to build the team. So the, the traits will always stick to the traits. Um, and, it, and it eliminates some players on your list because it's just that's not the way that, that our team is going to be built. We've heard a lot over the last year from Kyle and from Luke Richardson about culture and character. Obviously, Kyle targets kids and, and players with leadership qualities, character, high character. How important is an event like the Draft Combine where you actually get that, get these kids in a room and talk to them and learn about them personally? We can all watch as much film on somebody and think, hey, it's a great player, but until you get to sit down with them, that kind of opens up another dimension. How, how important are those meetings? The, the meetings are important, uh, but f for me, well, by the time we get to the combine, the, the information, we already have all the information because our scouts have, you know, they've taken kids to dinner, they've met with them at the rink, they've met with them after practices, they've met with the team's GMs, the team's coaches, the team's training staff. So by the time we get to the combine, I have all the information throughout the year, and it just allows me to to guide a conversation uh, where I have question marks, whether it's uh, a family dynamic, um, an issue that popped up character-wise during the year. And for me, it gets, I, I like, you know, the as little as, as the firm, the grip on the handshake. Is it is it the dead fish or is it a good handshake? Are they looking you in the eye? Because your name's attached to all these guys, right? So you're going to put them in a room in front of Luke Richardson or in front of Kyle Davidson and, you know, Oh, this guy's from the OHL, so, so our scout from there, so and so he vouched for them. So it's the ca the character piece that I get to to see at the combine is is awesome, and it gives Kyle and, and Jeff and, and Norm the opportunity as well to ask questions that they might have concerns on too. When you look at the future of you know not only this draft class but the next draft class and the draft class after that. Uh, the Blackhawks are set up with, I think it's 18 or 19 picks in each of the first three rounds. Mm -hmm. How excited does, do, do you get and does the scouting staff get knowing that, you know, you're, you have that much flexibility and, and kind of those many, you know, darts to throw at the dartboard to really find players that can um, change the direction of this organization over the next few years? Well, it's, it's very exciting. You know, it's one thing to have a lot of capital, 
you know, as far as the amount of picks you have, but you also have to have them in the right place too, right? Like I said to someone yesterday that the majority of the league comes in the top three rounds, but the majority of the players from the top three rounds, the best players come from the first round. And we're fortunate enough through the moves that Kyle's made that, you know, next year we have two first rounders. Uh, we have two first rounders in the following year. And I, I, I believe it's two and two all the way through the first three rounds. Uh, plus what we have this year with two and then four second round picks and two third round picks. Plus you put in what we had last year with three first rounders and two second rounders and three third rounders. We, we've had the ability to do a lot of things, whether it be, um, like you said, throw a dart at a particular kid that maybe the media has pegged a little bit later, but we don't have a, a pick in that range, but we really like them. We can step up a little bit earlier and take them. Um, so it's, it's a fun time to be a scout on our, on our staff, just because there's, there's a lot of, you're in, you're in it with all the good players. Um, and that necessarily hasn't been the case all the time. We saw the organization, uh, just going back to last year's draft a little bit, jumping significantly in whichever publication you want to look at prospect rankings from, you know, the mid twenties to top five, what have you thought, you know, of the first year of Korchinski? I know Nazar was hurt, Ludwinski was hurt, but that, that 2022 draft class, how do you assess her first years after the draft? Well, I, I think that was one of the reasons why we jumped so high from, and I, I think it was Scott Wheeler and the Athletic that did it, um, because we didn't necessarily get the big name of the big fish last year, but we we did a lot of depth. I mean, I, let me take that back. I think Kevin Kochinski is going to be a big fish just on based on his plus one year, but we didn't know that picking seven. We knew he was really good. He met our traits of skating, competitiveness, IQ, character. So we took him, and it, it's right now it looks like it's going in the right direction. Um, but with the other picks, you know, you there's, there's, if you don't get the big fish, then you, you build it through the depth of the draft, which if you look at Carolina right now, they, you know, Ajo's very good. Pesci's very good. Um, Slavin's very good. But they don't really have that big-time name guy. Like when you think of the Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes, you're just going to rifle off a name. Um, but they've got very good depth and they've got very good hockey players. The thing with us is we just didn't have a lot of good hockey players in the prospect system. We had – you know, we had guys that could skate, or we had guys that had an IQ, but we didn't have a lot of guys that had a lot of the traits. And I think if we keep sticking to the traits, we'll be able to continue to build up the prospect pool more. But last year's, I think last year's draft was a very good start. I, I was wondering, uh, you know, between the North American scouting, European scouting, uh, all that, is is there more of a... I want to say favoritism, but is there, do you lean more towards maybe North American players because there's a little bit of an easier way to kind of keep an eye on them as they develop uh, rather than players that might be in, in Europe or in Russia where, you know, they're across the sea, even though you still have scouts in those areas, do you tend to look at players in North America a little bit differently than uh, European prospects? No, uh, I, th I think, one of the things when Kyle took over, one of his directives was, listen, we're, we're drafting for the Chicago Blackhawks. So it doesn't matter if the player comes from uh, Helsinki, Stockholm, Omaha, Red Deer, wherever it is, we're drafting for the Chicago Blackhawks. So from a scout perspective, we 
you know, you got to take your ego out of it a little bit and know that we're all in it together and it's our picks versus an area pick. As far as the keeping an eye on them development wise, I think Rocky Wirtz and the, and the ownership, like they, they allow us to do a lot of things that other organizations can't do as far as um, traveling to see our prospects play uh, Mark Eaton and his group. They do such a good job uh, going over video with pros- our prospects in our system. So for us, with with all the technology now and the availability to get to games, and yeah, we do have scouts in all those areas that stay current with the players. Um, it, for us, it just it's let's get the best player regardless of where they're from. We had a chance uh, earlier this year. We went to Notre Dame to see uh, Notre Dame play Michigan, and mm-hmm. after the game, we got to talk to Ryder Ralston. And a guy who came from the Colorado Avalanche to Chicago, he just raved about the developmental program with the Blackhawks and the resources he has as a prospect. Um, You just sort of detailed it there, like being able to travel and go see um, them play. What are some of the other things that the Hawks do um, differently or maybe better than most of the teams around the league that that help in development? Well, I I think one is is the manpower that we have uh, from – you know, the amateur scouting staff to the pro scouting staff. If, you know, if, if we feel that there's a need and basically we, the upper management group of Kyle and Norman, Jeff and Brian Campbell helps out a lot too. If, if they feel there's a need or we're lacking in a certain area, then, um, you know, it's as long as it makes sense, then, then ownership is up to support. And, and one of the, you know, one of the things that's happening now, we're in the process of hiring a new, Western League regional scout because we moved Colin Frazier from just a regional scout to a crossover scout. So we felt that it took a void out of the Western Hockey League. Uh, my ideal staff is I'd, I'd like to have a presence in all the CHL leagues um, as well as the crossover guys. So ownership and Rocky, they allow us to financially to, to just, if things make sense, then they'll support it. Um, that doesn't mean we spend stupidly but it just if they make sense it does it the way we travel you know we don't you know fortunately we have a deal with united because of the united center where if we have to change flights to extend a trip or a kid's not playing and you got to change on the fly we can we have a deal with them with we get a little bit of a cheaper rate um but hotel wise we're we don't you know it's not like we're staying in super eights and uh you know, Motel 6s, like we're, you know, we stay at the Marriott's, the good Marriott's, we're comfortable, they wanted us being comfortable and fresh. Um, and just a, like a little thing, like our, a lot of our scouts will take uh, prospects of, for the draft out to dinner to meet their families, and there's a cost with doing that. And I guess a lot of it does come back to the finances, so it's, you know, those are just little things they allow us to do. One of the topics we've discussed uh, over the past few weeks um, is, is goaltending, and obviously well, we've got the, the Blackhawks have some some good young talent coming up with Arvid Soderblom and, and Drew Camesso and Jackson Stauber. Uh, but of course, everybody's asking goalies, 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 and as you as you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs unfold, it seems today, unless you got one of these very few all world elite goalies, you got to have two goalies to get through a playoff series these days. Uh, and we kind of discussed, I'm in the, uh, the philosophy of like, it doesn't hurt to draft a goalie every year. 
Um, even if it's with your seventh round pick, just get, keep guys in the system. How, how do you uh, go about handling the goal si- goaltending come draft day? Because it's such a peculiar position as far as development goes. Like, did you know I was a goalie? Did you know that? <laughs> well, you know, so I knew you would agree with me then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Goalies also make for the best interviews, I found out. But we're the smartest guys, right? We play the whole exactly. game. So we see everything it's all, it's all about the uh, cerebral part of the game. Yeah, exactly. No, um, I, I, I agree with that. It's, it's You need to keep turning a goalie over, if not every year, every other year. Um, and that's kind of the cycle we're in right now where – we knew, you know, Drew Drew was going to probably come out, and so we we signed Jackson the year before. So we definitely like to look at drafting a goalie this year, where, whether where it's whether it's in the second or third round or the sixth or seventh. Uh, Dan Ellis, who works with us, he he does a really good job with the goalies. Um, but I think you're right. There's no, there's no the the goalie position has changed where there's no. Uh, Patrick Waz and Martin Brodeurs anymore, or Eddie Belfours that are playing 60, 65 games plus playoffs. You know, the way, knowing the schedule so far in advance, you can set your goalie schedule. None of the goalies seem to play back-to-back nights. So the position has really gone to a 1A, 1B system and not and not even like a one and a backup. Like, the, the you know, most teams now want like a 50-32 split somewhere in there. 47 you know 35 in that area there and then you know i i live in in boston and it's obviously a sore subject uh with the bruins but they were able to do it with Almark and swayman where they went down you know i think since january they might have rotated every other game and it was an equal split so i think if you can create a system where you have a goalie coming through your system every other year that gives you that ability to create that 1a1b system so what, what I, think, I, oh. I, I think it's I think it's like quarterbacks and pitchers like you can't like if you have a bad goalie like you can't win like you just you can't it's just so I, I think it's a valuable position. Sorry to interrupt you. Why, why do you think it has changed in that way? Is it is it a matter of talent? Is it the rule changes? Is it why, why is that the day of the great goalie sort of seem to go by the wayside? I just think the way. You know, the way kids train now these days, um, some some leagues, like if you're coming out of college, you're not used to playing a 70-game a schedule or a 60-game schedule. So, so the workload changes. And I think if you have – if you do have that 1A, 1B system and you can put a fresh guy in there every night um, on a back – especially on the back-to-back, so you're playing three and four nights, I just think it gives your team a better opportunity to win. So I think more – you know, for me, more more is it's like draft picks, right? The more you have, the better better chance you have on hitting on them. So I think the more goalies that you have, you have a you know a better chance of creating a system like that. Well, I think we you know we've we've been trying to go through this uh, this draft class all all year. It's kind of been the 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 more fun focus I think for the Blackhawks has been okay, who's who's coming next because this year was a little bit less about the here and now it's more about the future uh so we wanted to do a, maybe a little bit of a rapid fire little exercise here throw out some names that that we've been talking about and and see where uh where you might see them and how, how you feel uh, about some of these players so first one i'll throw out there is uh gavin brinley 
Uh, Gavin plays at Michigan. He he got on the scene last year when he was in Sioux Falls. I'm not Sioux Falls, sorry, Tri-City in the North American League. Um, super fast. He had the ability mentally to play with a guy like Adam Fantilli. Uh, could shoot a puck, played on the inside. He's going to be a good player. A lot of us have eyes on uh, Gabe Perot as well with his uh, father in the system. Uh, yep. First of all, is he as good at faceoffs as his dad is? Because that would be something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if anyone's ever going to be as good as Yannick. I mean, Yannick was. It was a science for him, and and that's what he does with our guys developmentally. Uh, Gabe's a, a heck of a hockey player. I, obviously, being in the U.S., I've got to see him a lot the last two years. I was in Switzerland last two weeks ago when he was at the U18s. And that line with Perot, Smith, and Leonard, um, they all feed off of each other, and they all play it in a variety of different ways. But he, he's a skilled player. He's going to be very good at BC, again, with Smith and Leonard, um, and he's going to have a good NHL career. He's, he's got a high IQ. He's got a skilled stick. Um, he's a good player. One name that pops up a lot amongst our fans due to his relationship with a, a player who may or may not be available near the top of the draft uh, is Andrew Cristal. He seems to be a guy that a lot of Hawks fans have focused on. What is, what is your take on him? Yeah, Andrew, he's super skilled. Uh, he played for – he got on the scene last year – well, last the start of this year with uh, Team Canada at the Ivan Holinka tournament. Um, he likes to slow the game down as far as – uh, making offensive plays. He's very cerebral. Uh, he's got a high hockey IQ, and he just he's able to make quick plays. He's probably more a playmaker than goal scorer. I'm uh, originally from Wisconsin, so I have an affinity for uh, my Badgers. So I got to ask mm -hmm. about uh, Charlie Stramel. Yeah, Charlie's a he's a big player down the middle, six three, right shot centers. Those guys don't come along often. Um, had an okay year. I think he only had five goals, which I, I don't project him to be a high offensive player in the NHL. Um, I think his sample size, what he showed with the U.S. team, with the World Juniors, he showed that he could play, he had the backup game to be a bottom six center. So I think he, you'll see more of a third, fourth line center with the ability to kill penalties and bring a physical element. All right, but we got a few more minutes with you, Mike. So why don't we do? These all guys, you're hoping that we're going to take with the 19th pick? Is that how this is going? <laughs> we're just just doing we're the just research, throwing some names out there. <laughs> well, I thought, you we have, I thought we were going to have some mid and late round guys in there too, not just guys. <laughs> yeah, that give you a second. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, what's talk? We mentioned earlier the two generational players. Your yep. thoughts on Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli? Um, well, again, like you said, I, I said it earlier, they are generational players. What they've been able to do, um, and I'll use Adam for an example. So, so where I live in Boston, Adam played prep school hockey at Kimball Union Academy up in New Hampshire. So I've known Adam since he's been 14 years old. And the one thing Adam has been able to do and, and, and Connor at the same time is every level they get to, they've exceeded that level and exceeded expectations. Um, they just didn't rest on, hey, I'm, I'm supposed to be a good player at this level. They put the work in. And I think that's what makes those guys, you know, they got to do it at the NHL level, but they have the potential to, to exceed expectations. And based on what they've done in the past, I don't think that's going to change. It's huge expectations for Bedard. And to hear someone say that maybe those are exceeded, that's something. Because you got to wonder, you know, a 17-year-old kid jumping into the league – with the spotlight on him from day one, 
that's got to be a challenge. And I, and I would imagine that goes into your, you know, interview process, talking to these kids, talking to the parents, not even specific to the Bedard, you know, aside from watching these guys on the ice and following their statistical performances and checking box scores, what are some of the things you do personally to get to know these guys, to feel confident about making the pick? Well, all, all our regional guys, I usually don't get a chance to meet these guys until the NHL combine. Uh, so all our regional guys, once the players are identified, you know, our regional guys will spend a lot of time with the individual player. You know, initially it's, it's you know, meeting after practice just for a, a quick Q&A to get a look at the player. Um, and then as the season goes on and you dive deeper into it, like I had one of our scouts who had a meeting with a player earlier in the year and it wasn't, it wasn't a great meeting. And then, but he's a good player and he's going to be a first round player. And then, so he, he drove down to have dinner with the player after the season and the kid's parents, because he wanted to know the dynamic of the parents and maybe some things the kid was dealing with off the ice. And it ended up being the, the player's parents are divorced, uh, which isn't a big deal in our eyes, but it's, you never know what pressures the kids are getting on at home. So our, our scouts, they don't leave any stone unturned. Um, they don't, they don't really like challenge the kids and be confrontational. It's more building a relationship. So by the time they get to me and Kyle and Norm at the combine, we know what the issues are, if any, and then our smaller group can guide through that. You mentioned earlier the, the hurricanes and the depth they've built from the draft. And yes, winning the lottery is a luxury, but drafting an Austin Matthews or a Connor McDavid, that's, pretty darn easy to do yeah that's the guy we want him but as we've seen you gotta have more than just those guys uh, with with the cup teams here in the 2010s yeah we the, the Blackhawks had the superstars but they had the Dave Bolins and the Brian Bickles and the Marcus Krugers and how many big goals along the way that those guys score so mm-hmm. when you're going in your mid rounds and you're looking for those guys to fill out your roster do you take more pride when a guy like that, like a fourth or fifth rounder, all of a sudden becomes a meaningful contributor on important teams? Oh, for sure you do, right? Because usually those guys, they're a little bit of an afterthought and they're they're lacking in something, whether they're a good skater, but they're just physically not developed yet, so they're falling down, or they're sub six foot, or maybe you, you're mistaking, you know, they're not engaging in board battles so you you think they're a, a little bit shy so you you knock them down a few pegs um but you those players like you, you know we the the guys that you just mentioned you know those cup teams and i, I was part of them in 2009-10 was my first year but all those guys that you mentioned were and even with carolina i mentioned earlier with aho pesci and slave and they weren't first round high picks um some for whatever reason it was they they fell in a draft and you see that all the time like there's you know Tra- travis konechny you know anthony you know sorelli and tamper a lot of those guys with third round picks so it's um you know the the scouts really get passionate and we challenge them to be passionate about guys in the later rounds that if you want a guy make it known so they do a good job of doing that wanted to ask one more uh when you guys get to the combine um, are you asking the kind of off the wall questions to kind of throw the players off? Like what end of a pencil would you rather be or things like that? Like, <laughs> cause, cause we've heard stories from either NHL or, or NFL draft combine interviews and stuff 
where the questions are just like, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized <laughs> right, horses? Right. Yeah. Are you are you throwing any of those at the at the kids? I, I never understood those questions. Like there was one one question out there, and it's you guys can can Google it. Like there's a there's a yellow school bus test. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they, they they show the prospect a picture of a yellow school bus, um, and the, there's arrows, and it you, they ask the prospect which direction the school bus is going. Oh wow! So I don't know. I wouldn't even so, know how to answer. So if you can, that. I don't. I don't. If, if you can go on your laptop right there in Google <laughs> yellow, yellow school bus test, it'll, the picture will pop up. Oh wow! And then, okay. And then you figure out which way I can give you the answer. <laughs> no, 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 we might have, we might have prospects when watching. We're, when we're done with this interview, this is <laughs> no, gonna be what the rest I, of the show is about. It because I don't, I don't, I have no idea what it has to do with hockey. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, That's what. But, it, but the you, you'll see if you get the answer right. Like, it's, yeah. All right, we'll, oh, well, we'll we find will. it. We if will. I get it right, but I get drafted in the third round. <laughs> sure, we got, we got a pick there. We'll take you then. All right, cool, perfect. That sounds that's awesome. All right, so the last one I have for you. I've always been fascinated. We look at drafts around other sports, and you've got the scouting staffs and the GM and everybody in the war room, yep. right? The NHL is different, where you're down on the draft floor, uh, guys are walking up to tables and trying and wheeling and dealing right there. Which do you prefer? Because during COVID year, you were able to experience uh, the typical war room kind of draft. Do you like being down on the floor? Like, what are the advantages and disadvantages of the way the NHL does it? Well, I, I prefer the COVID, the way the COVID draft was because you, we did it out of fifth third and it's just your, your, your team or a COVID, whoever they would allow in the country. Um, and it's just, there's just more dialogue and freedom to have conversations where, you know, with the NHL draft in person, you know, I think you got 24 people at 32 tables on an NHL floor and there's really tight quarters. It's not, you know, every time someone gets up to go to the bathroom, they think they're going to talk to another team or the phone rings, it's another team calling, there's a trade going down. So there's just, there's too much scrutiny on there. So I, I like the privacy of being in your own war room, if you will, and just being able to talk to your scouts openly versus, uh, you know, shooting the guy a text 10 feet across the table or having them come over and whispering in his ear. I can't wait to be watching the the floor at the draft this year and seeing Kyle Davidson get up and like, Oh, where'd you go? Oh, bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet that happens just... all year because it's, it's a, you know, and then you'll have, you know, even the guys on the floor, Oh, uh, Toronto's going over to talk to the Rangers. Like is something going on? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, Kyle Dubas was just checking in with Chris Jury on how his family was, you know, but it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it gets crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think we have found the yellow bus test. Um, okay. Yeah. We're are gonna... we able to show this on the screen, Lawrence? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think we can. Let's take it out. Let's take a look here. Uh, hold on one <laughs> if, it's on, if it's on Google, you can show it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I think oh, it man. looks like a YouTube video. Is this Is it? that it? That is the yellow bus test, yeah. Okay. So you okay. then, so then, like, if I hit play all right, here, I'm right. saying it's going. I don't know where's this. Right, so it I'm is dri- okay. I'm going to say it's driving to our left, like it is going that way, <laughs> going left. Right, so, so it's going to, to my to my left, looking at it. Right? Yeah, look right, right at the screen. Okay, I'll, now do you I know will, why? I will agree. All right. Wow. 
I don't, I don't understand what's going on here. But yeah, <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Go, we got a commercial. Go, go back to the original photo. That's just a picture of the bus. Okay, hold on one second here. Hold yeah. on. I, I think it's. It was, is it, was it was because up, the, the front is leaning? Lines. It's like pointing forward. Nope. I think that's the. That's the. That's the picture. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. I yeah. I I agree with you, Jay. I think it's going okay, so, to the school. Okay, so that's the picture that they show the players. And I, okay. I don't even forget what team it was or how long ago it was. And you think that you say the bus is going to the left as you're looking at it, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, my left as well. Okay, so that's right. But now, without playing the rest of the video, why is it going left? I said so because the, the bus is angled. The front of a bus would be angled, not the back. So it nope. looks like it's leaning forward, I guess, is the way I would describe I it. I don't know if that's nope. right. Nope. Okay. Is it be? <sighs> or the reflection is, is it... on the window? Nope. No. Is it because it's going towards the city? Nope. <sighs> you ready? Yes. What What can't you see as you're looking at the bus? What can't you see? Passengers. No, you can't see the door to get on, so it's on the other side, right? Oh. Uh... Uh... Traditionally, old school bus, the doors on the front right side. Okay. Yes. So if you play that video, if you play that video, you'll see the door open. So tell me what that has to do with hockey. Nothing. (laughs) I don't know. Nothing. (laughs) I think our draft stock just fell a little bit. You know, this kid has 190 (laughs) points, but he failed the yellow bus test. Cross him off. Yeah. So that's 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 some of the questions you'll get that that teams will ask, and we just. Oh, that's great. All right, but well, but wait, the- but Mike, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a hundred <laughs> duck-sized horses? I don't fight anybody. Like I, I was, I was a goalie. The last thing I'm doing is fighting. Yeah, you send, oh, you send a defenseman you in the fight the horse ducks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have those guys. Mike, you've been super generous with your time. Nice, we thanks, appreciate Mike. it. Uh, we'll see you down in Nashville, hopefully sooner. Um, but good luck. Not that you need it. You got the number one pick. That's the beauty part. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. Awesome guys, I enjoy doing it. Thank you. All right, thanks. That is Mike Donahue, the amateur, uh, the director of amateur scouting for the Blackhawks. He is not an amateur. His no. job is scouting amateurs. He's very, very professional. That was great. Yeah, I, I it was good. Could have gone another two hours with that interview. <laughs> Seriously, oh, right. yeah, yeah, it was, it was outstanding. So, uh, great. That it was. It's awesome. It's, it's. So, I just think it's fascinating. You know, this is the stuff about just sports in general. Like we don't really get access to is. What's the process? Right. Like, we could talk all day. We can go through the top 50 draft prospects and get a little capsule on every guy. Fine. But I, I just think it's cool to hear, you know, what is it like for a guy? You Behind get that curtain. news. You're like, whoa. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. You know? I mean, you <laughs> you are all saw our reactions. Like, imagine if we were told, hey, don't show any emotion with what happens. Well, that I, would have been. <laughs> it's so funny that he mentioned elbowing each other elbows, yeah which is what i would do to greg in the press, in box, press box when yeah. something crazy was going on was it the cane no it was the taze breakaway the, the taze yeah. breakaway. i started elbowing him like <laughs> and i think i said something along the lines of no effing way <laughs> like he's on his way to score uh yeah you gotta you gotta be a professional but uh in that moment, I think any sort of uh, exclamation could be excused. Oh, that yeah. took all the pressure off the scouting staff. I yeah. mean, because imagine if you get four or three, and there's yeah. Mitchkoff and Carlson, and then you can be making a, a pick lot of that, different decisions that could be, you know, applauded or you know, criticized for years to come. You don't have that pressure now with number one. It's a uh, hey, all right, there it is. 
Yeah. This is the guy we're taking. He's going to be awesome. And, like, let's see, you know, what kind of swings we could take in the second or third round on guys that, you know, like a Sam Renzel, because they mm-hmm. took Sam Renzel last year because yep. they had Korchinski and Nazar already in. They had the now we got Connor Bedard. We can get a little more loosey-goosey with some of these later picks because we have counter freaking Bedard. Well, and as Mike said, like with the amount of picks they have, there might be someone that they really, really want to get in maybe the third round, but they don't have a pick in that range. So they can expense one of those second round picks to say, yeah, it might be a reach, but we really believe in this player. Yeah. So you, you, again, (laughs) seems like the theme of the summer is going to be all the options are on the table. Yeah. They're so in, it's they're it's, it's going to be very position. exciting to see what happens. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, they can go get the guys they actually want. Mm-hmm. They can do anything. It, and you know what? I will always applaud a general manager and a and a front office staff that targets guys they want and are aggressive to get them. Mm-hmm. Whether they turn out to be who they think they are, that's that's years to come. Yep. But knowing what you want and going out and doing it, I will trust, always respect that. Trust Absolutely. your trust your guys. Uh, blank name has ruined the yellow bus test. He says the bus could be backing up, which is accurate. Um, also, uh, <laughs> Nick says Mike talked about Adam Fantilli a lot. Was that just to throw us off? Ah, <laughs> yes. Who knows? Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. I promise you, don't worry. Yeah. The, the I, easiest, I believe it'll be uh, the easiest pick ever. Oh, by the way, yeah. we got to change our seat. Yeah, we're, well, why we're, don't you guys we're, uh, sell we're, some we're stuff and I'll flip it over. Yeah, you, yeah, you want to flip some, it over? Uh, you flip it over. I got to talk about from behind golf. shots, which will definitely generate nice. Like, I got to talk about some golf here. Take your shoes off. Hey, it. it's been beautiful weather this last couple of days and it's only going to get better, we hope, uh, as spring turns into summer. And the golf course has become more populated, and you get out there and whack the ball around the course. Do it wearing some pins and aces gear. The official golf apparel partner of all city and of us here at CHGO. You are going to be looking your best in that pins and aces gear out there on the course. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, uh, gloves. They got ball markers. Uh, what oh, else? I got pants, shorts. Uh, I'm wearing the lightweight hoodie from Pins and Aces. It is very lightweight. I can, I can, can you know, confirm that. And uh, a hoodie. It's also a hoodie. And it is a hoodie. There is a hood here. It comes in many different styles and colors. Uh, it's a great product. And, of course, the scientifically tested and proven beer slash beef sleeve from pins and aces that allows you to store up to seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep them cold the entire round about four beefs if you want uh, and that'll keep them warm for about the first nine so go out to pinsandaces.com check out their extensive catalog of golf apparel and equipment uh, and when you do use the promo code chgo when you do that you're going to get 15 percent off of your first order and you're going to get free shipping again that's the promo code chgo at pinsandaces.com yeah the uh speaking of getting uh decked out in some fun looking gear if you want to get decked out in the best sports gear around you should check out our buddies our pals our good friends over at foco They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Warm weather's coming. That means banana hammock season is right around the corner. Oh, yes. Nothing nothing better than carrying around a beef sleeve or wearing a banana hammock. It's spring and baseball season. Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a game or just hanging out, watching a game with your pals. You also can look. You can can decorate your man cave, your she shed, your, your... 
sports-themed room in your home. They've donated a lot of this great stuff you see on our side. Some very specific bobbleheads. You're you they thrown. It. How about they thrown? We were kind of trying to come up with a they thing. They thrown. They thrown? Yeah. Sure. Sure. She shed, your, they your, thrown. Your, your, your they room. Whatever whatever room you want to put some sports-related stuff in, FOCO has got everything you need. So check out FOCO, F-O-C-O.com, or you can click the link in the podcast description below. That's easy for me to say. And as a special bonus for you, for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO, and they will give you 10% off at FOCO.com. All right. Uh, another great interview with Mike Donahue. Tomorrow, 2 o'clock, we're going to talk to our buddy Craig Morgan from PHNX Coyotes. Uh, a brutal, brutal night for our friends yeah. in Phoenix last night. Uh, we have found out since the show began, this show began, that they will play in the mullet next year. So the Coyotes are not moving anywhere for next season, which last night seemed like a possibility. Yeah. Uh, a percentage possibility. Um a little bit of optimism watching the PHNX Coyotes show today that there might be another opportunity. Craig wouldn't get specific, but I really am interested to talk to Craig because I think from a distance, we're all like trash organization. They've always run like crap. There's reasons for it. There's There are reasons why the Coyotes have not been able to function the way a typical NHL team functions. It is partially their fault, not all their fault. Right. And I really want Craig to jump on tomorrow and, sh- and shed some light on that. Um, also saw a lot of our folks in the chat last night, most being supportive. Uh, some of you not. If you're one of the ones that weren't, you'll be on the pay no mind list for a little while. We're not going to ban anybody permanently or yeah. whatever. But um, like, just remember, anytime something like this happens, there are human beings involved. Yeah. Someone's parent will be out of a job. Someone will be relocated. Someone will be unemployed. Like, it's just not a time to celebrate regardless of your rooting interests uh, anytime a lot of people are impacted and look coyotes fan like if this happened to us it would be it would suck it'd be miserable so be cool be supportive uh, especially to our friends at phnx yeah uh, we've we've all spoken about the the coyotes organization um and and you know i'm not going to shy away from the fact that i have said like move the team um but the the vote that that they were having as much as i've learned about it and what you know what craig and the phnx group kind of laid out i really felt like hey like this makes a lot of sense for arizona and for the coyotes to to stick around so it really felt like as much as we were like oh you know they got it they're they're hoping for the arena you know it really did feel like it was going to happen so when the vote came down that it wasn't it was just like oh like it was just like a, even though we're not directly impacted by it, people we're friends with and colleagues with are. And it, it kind of felt like a, a gut punch to, you know, your friend to, to see that, to see that uh, result. So, you know, uh, we've, we've had our barbs back and forth with the PHNX group and, and, and whatnot, but it's in good faith because, you know, we, we did the crossover show at the beginning of last season, whose situation is worse? Yeah, because we balls. because we were because we were in the similar boats, and we felt you know what? Let's misery loves company. Let's let's all just kind of prepare for the season ahead, and and so I I didn't want that kind of energy to trickle over into 
more a more serious realm when when things really you know hit the ground um for for the coyotes and, and the phnx group so i was really uh disappointed to see some of our uh regulars jumping in the chat yesterday uh people on twitter um going after the phnx group um going after leah like that was really uh disappointing to see and and i really hope that uh that's not the energy and vibe that we that we want to put out there um you know we 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 might cover different teams and, and have different perspectives but we're all under the same you know kind of umbrella and so you know dnvr group the phnx group us like we're all we're all together so you know the energy that you have for us uh we'd like you to have for for the other group and and look i know you know their reaction to the draft lottery is what it is it's it's not uh it's not justified to then go back after them because their reaction what they talked about doesn't affect our jobs doesn't affect our live livelihood what happens with them with the with the arena and the team moving forward it affects them their yep. livelihoods their jobs so look like i i i get having to try and compartmentalize the team from the people covering them. Uh, but I really was disappointed in, in some of the reaction that they got and encouraged too from some of our, uh, our listeners too, and, and, and fans in Chicago to, you know, send out their, their support as well. So a little bit of everything, but yeah, I, I just want to make sure that, you know, the community that, that we have built is built off of more, good vibes and, and positivity than anything All else. Right, I'm going to address something. So fate versus will can change his diaper and stop. You know how easy it is for me right now on YouTube to create a, an account that says fate versus will and put a tomahawk in and put something on. If you, I did not put anything in the PHNX chat. If you need proof of that, go read my Twitter account while this was all happening. Okay. If you think that I would do something like that and attack colleagues of mine, coworkers of mine that work for the same company, you don't know me as a person. Yeah, come on. So keep your uninformed bullshit out of the chat. I'm a very easy person to get a hold of. If you think I did something wrong, send me a message. Come chat to me. I'm an adult. Handle it like an adult. All right, pal? It's not even worth acknowledging. So, no, I mean, like, you know, come in my show and do our show and, and spew uninformed name calling shove it go, go do that I mean, another show look like there's no better example not to I craig don't steve and leah no, would know i would not say something like that and if i did say something like that i wouldn't delete it i'd own it yeah so take your conspiracy next time send me a twitter message and talk to me like an adult instead of coming on here and accusing me of things that didn't happen because you can you can attack me personally, but when you attack my integrity, I don't have time for it. Yeah, you're also smarter than to put your job in jeopardy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my in, job f I'm making an internal my job, comment like that. My yeah, dream job that I've busted my ass to get here. I'm gonna get fired from it because I want to leave a petty comment. Yeah. I have better things to do than you, fate versus will. So thank you. I appreciate your concern, but next time come to me like an adult and we can discuss it like adults. And this is the last time I'm acknowledging your existence in our chat. <laughs> cool. That's totally fair. Uh, I just, just to piggyback on what you're saying, like 
how many times did we see fake YouTube comments jump up during shows, people like making fun of other guys on our show. It is the easiest thing to do. It is the easiest thing to do. Yeah. So obvious it's not Greg. So I don't even think it needs any more attention. It's not going to get any more, nor will the pe- nor will the person who keeps bringing it up. I mean, yep. don't be a clown. That's it. I mean, that's, you know, I, I have, I have opted against banning people. Uh, and I have a list of people who were acting like dicks on the uh, PHNX broadcast last night. Sure. Uh, and I'm not going to ban people based on that, but you'll know when you're no longer acknowledged on the show and you also have a very short leash. Like, if there's another work. if there's another thing worthy of it, then you're gone. That's it. I, I, just, I just think if you're being a shitty human, <laughs> you know, you don't deserve the privilege of watching what we get to do. That's just me. Or commenting on it, rather. Yeah. Empathy is the key word, I think. That's it. There's people involved. We're just trying to curb the pudwackdom in the world. That's right. Yes. We are a pudwack. This is a pudwack-free zone. That's what Ryan says. Key rule. Don't be a pudwacker. It's it's obvious. All right. uh, Can I do, like, a little bit of a rant here before we wrap up? Oh, um, please do. Here, I'll give you the same portion. Here we go. This is the yeah, arena of grievances. rant o'clock. Here we go. <laughs> I got in a uh, a Facebook uh, spat with my... Well, there's your problem. Oh, with no. my, well, it was with my good friend, George Offman. Okay. George, I love George Offman. He's a great guy. Like George. He's a good friend. We just had a sports disagreement, and that's okay. That you can do that and not have it get personal. Mm-hmm. But he was sort of talking about how, oh, it's really a shame that it's Dallas and Vegas and Florida and Carolina because... They're just not interesting markets. The weather's too nice. And here's the thing. Why is this only brought up when it's hockey? Why is it only brought up when it's hockey? If it was the Carolina Panthers and the Miami Dolphins, no one would bat an eye. It would all be about the star players on those teams. If it was the Raiders and the Cowboys... No one would bat an eye about the market, would they? It's about the star players. And let me tell you, I'm assuming everyone watching this and listening to this is a hockey fan. There is no shortage of star players in these final four teams. Mm-hmm. Jason Robertson for Dallas is one of the premier young players in the league. They've still got Tyler Sagan, who's got a little bit left of what he used to be. Miro Heiskanen. Miro Heiskanen's great. Uh, Rupe Hintz is great. Jake Ottinger's Joe great. Pavelski, like Our buddy names. Max Domi. Max Domi. Former slash future Hawk. <laughs> Max Domi. Uh, Tampa. Uh, Miami. Florida. <laughs> Take three. Florida. Has Scott there. Mellenby. Matthew Kachuk, no. who is a top, I would say top four some would argue. I think top five is pretty might, obvious. Might be the best player left in the playoffs. I think certainly the Play, best player left in the, the playoffs. Best, yeah. uh, Alexander Barkov, who if you mm-hmm. ask NHL players who the most underrated player in hockey is, they almost always say Barkov. I, the the Players Association like player polls, I think like the last three years, he's won most underrated. Yes. Every like eventually year. He'll, he will be rated. <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe Equally this rated. <laughs> this is the year he's rated. Yeah. Sergey Bobrovsky has had a bit of a rebirth. Yep. Uh, Vegas has Jack Eichel, who, as you pointed out before the show, it may reach a cup final before Connor McDavid. If they win one game, he will already be ahead of Connor McDavid in his playoff career with one conference final win. Yeah. yeah. Nobody would have predicted that nine years ago. Um, Probably two not. years ago. And two years yeah, ago. Two, yeah. And we don't need to tell you about Carolina. You heard Mike Donahue rave about Carolina and mm-hmm. their depth yeah. and their skill and everything. Tavo Teravainen is getting healthy. 
Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is a stud. Like, Brent Burns is there. That's a star player. Last time I checked. Oh, wait, he can't be a star. He played in San Jose. Who cares? Yeah. Why does where the arena is measure the worthiness of the series? I get the ratings thing. If a team from New York plays a team from L.A., there are more people in those places, therefore better ratings. But it doesn't lessen the quality of the hockey. Yeah. And that's what drives me crazy. Would you rather watch in the AFC Championship the New York... Well, Jets are a bad example now because they've got Aaron Rodgers. I still don't want to watch it. But like, are the New York Jets automatically more interesting than the Chiefs because of market? Hell no. Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, on and on and on. Bring on the Chiefs every time. Oh, no, no, no. They're from Kansas City. That's not a big enough market. Who cares? Give me the best players. The funny thing is the people that bitch about like, oh, small market, the ratings are going to be down. The ratings don't affect your job whatsoever. You're a fan. (laughs) Right. You're going to watch it if you want to watch it or not. Watch the the game. What the NHL does on TNT for the Stanley Cup final has no effect on your daily life. Right. Just enjoy good hockey. I think we've got two really good series coming. Mm -hmm. we got four evenly matched teams. Good luck predicting this round. Right, you, yeah. Like, good luck predicting yeah, who's seriously. winning the Stanley Cup from here on out. Yeah. We got ourselves two evenly matched conference finals. That's going to give us a really competitive, really intriguing Stanley Cup final. I, I think it comes down to two things. One is marketing. And I feel like the NHL, for a very, very, very long time, uh, has stuck to pushing the original six franchises, whether they've deserved it or not. And I think now, rather than maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, the original six no longer means what it used to. And I think you need to really, the league needs to more embrace the players rather than the organizations. I think that one, one thing needs to change to help this notion of the market is the problem. Um, And two, when you talk about wanting the NHL and, and hockey to grow, isn't it better to have the quote-unquote non-traditional markets in the spotlight so that those markets can then grow and oh, find grow the game. more casual fans can be like, oh, I've never really watched the Florida Panthers before. This Kachuk kid's pretty cool. Maybe I'll watch more of the Florida Panthers if they continue to play or win a Stanley Cup or whatever. Like, that's part of growing. The, growing the game isn't just saying we need more people playing in Chicago and in Boston and New York. No, you, you want... The co- you want more people across the country and across yeah. well you don't really need to worry about Canada but more people across the yeah. United States paying attention to these teams that aren't necessarily just LA New York Chicago whatever like getting getting more eyes on more t- as many teams as possible as many players as possible uh, is is better for the league across uh, across the whole like like yeah like you want Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid to be household names but you also need to know about like you said, like Jason Robertson, like he's a guy on, on, on the rise, a young player on the rise that I think maybe half of sports fans in North America would know. They're, gonna, they're about you to know? find out. <laughs> hope, yeah, and uh, for the star's sake, I hope so. Yeah, I, uh, is Austin Matthews even a hockey player if the Coyotes don't exist in Arizona? That's a good point. Does he decide to play basketball instead? Yeah. Like we don't know. No, that's like, a great you point. Need, you need – these teams and other markets to succeed. And, you know, I said it a million times. I love the sport. I hate the culture. Too many gatekeepers amongst hockey fans, a lot of them north of the border. Yeah. They're, you know, they want to hold on to their game. Fine. But you know what? Where are you going to have better better teams in, you know, uh, 
Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, Sunrise, Florida, Dallas, Texas, or Moose Knuckle, Manitoba, where 8,000 people live, you know? That was Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, but Moose so Knuckle, Manitoba. It sounds it's, like a fun trip. It's south of Moose Jaw. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's, yeah, pretty south of Moose, yeah, Moose yeah. Jaw. Um, well, maybe the Coyotes moved to Camel Toe, Arizona. You never know. Sure, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, Camelback. Camel I'm sorry. Back, Camelback. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it's But called. no, like yeah. seriously, like it, it's okay for teams that don't play in Alberta or Ontario <laughs> to have success. Like if right. Connor McDavid. It's, it's okay because you know what? That it, it just helps the overall health of the entire sport of hockey. Maybe you shouldn't let it go south of the border 100 years ago if you're that worried about your precious game. If Connor McDavid is a Carolina Hurricane, is he like less interesting now? No, so it's absurd. The There's no way Connor McDavid could get less interesting than he already is. <laughs> well, as a person, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A person. He's getting a little better. He's gotten a little more. That's another reason why I want him <laughs> to win a cup. Because I want to see his cup day with the cup see celebration. Some, We're going to see that personality see come out. It's going to be yeah. in his, uh, his all-white house. His Death Star office. Yeah, all-white right. house. With yeah. Plain white t-shirt and plain white shorts on. And members of plain white t-shirts. And he's going to eat. Eat a bologna sandwich on plain white bread it's out of a cup. White bread with nothing in between. <laughs> Slice of kale. That's all right. The dude can score. Yeah, that's what he's he here to do. He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to entertain me off the ice. Just keep entertaining me on the ice. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of the actual conference finals, uh, they're going to be pretty darn good. And I think I've I've doubted the Panthers enough to now be like, oh, hey, I might actually pick them in this to, oh, to get out of, of here. Second half of tomorrow's show will yeah. be our conference final predictions. Uh, we'll definitely do that. But remember, 2 o'clock, we're going to talk to Craig Morgan. Uh, really looking forward to that conversation because this thing is very fluid. Um, it's yeah. it, I don't think necessarily the Coyotes are dead. It felt like it 18 hours ago. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that right yeah, now. There's a, there's a new owner with the Suns, so that, that yeah. provides some hope. And there's some it, other options out there. And but. it seems like people around the league all have the consensus that the NHL is going to go down every avenue that they can to keep the Coyotes in Arizona before going to any other options. Yeah. Yep. So we'll very, see. Very, very interesting. Gary Bettman has proven for the duration. Yeah. Of if, there, if there's time, any, if there's anything that you need to believe, the towel now. yeah, he's chose this hill to die on. Right. Chuckle Moko says McDavid's favorite sandwich is a toast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious, <laughs> but barely toasted. <laughs> he puts the toaster setting on one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's too spicy. <laughs> He's like my mom. Anyway, all right, we got to wrap things up. But first, watch sports. Watch Chicago sports. The best way to do it is with Fubo TV. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO. You'll get 140 plus live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. Stream live TV from any device. Watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. More on that in a moment. And you can start watching immediately with a seven-day free trial. There is no contract. There is no cable. There is no hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You get 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. You can watch your local teams while traveling. You've got the NHL and NBA playoffs well underway. Sox and Cubs well into their seasons that have not been going the way we had hoped, mm. but that's okay. There's still some hope, right? Maybe, just maybe. But, hey, still if you are a Cub fan and you want to stream the Cubs on Marquee Sports Network, the only place to do it is with Fubo TV. 
That is your only non-cable option for Marquee Sports Network. So you can watch the Sox, the Cubs, the Bulls, the Hawks, everybody on Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro, FuboTV.com slash CHGO. We appreciate everybody being with us today. I want to shout out our, yeah. our buddy Bijan. Happy birthday to Bijan. Oh, also a reminder, happy birthday to Lucas Reichel. And Cody Del Mendo. And Cody. And Cody. Only really cool people born on this day. And Matt Eberflus. And Matt Eberflus. And Matt Eberflus. Sheesh. Where's the cake? Are we supposed to have cake? There's cookies. Should definitely be cake. We got to eat them before Cody gets here. That's true. All right. (laughs) Wrapping things up. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. Remember, don't be Jags to the PHNX people. Join us tomorrow at 2 with Craig Morgan and our uh, conference final predictions on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.